Hey sinners, Serotonin here, just dropping in with a quick intro. This podcast was originally written and recorded for Spotify, where I'm able to embed some ripper tunes between segments to support the topics, new releases, or particular artists which are discussed. This version has been adjusted to allow sharing on alternate platforms and unfortunately won't include those tracks, which might make my silly segues and transitions just a little bit strange. If you would like to be able to check out the songs that were intended to be part of this episode, jump through the Sin and Steel link tree to the songs from the Sin and Steel podcast playlist, or see the track listing in the description of the episode. Hello and welcome to Sin and Steel, the heavy metal podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Tonin, and in today's episode, we're shining the artist's spotlight onto the flamboyant, bombastic and fantastical mind of the German singer, songwriter, producer and radio host, Tobias Sammet. <laughs> Tobias, or Toby for short, is well known for his work in the band Ed Guy, the formation and writing of the metal opera with Avantasia and his many appearances and collaborations with other well-known metal and rock artists. If you take one look at this man, you can tell, you know he's a little bit strange, he's a bit of a weirdo, and he has a wonderful brain for creation. I couldn't find anything to confirm this, but he had to be a theatre kid, right? It would just make sense. Although he feels that it's a popular trope for many artists, he has said that he's always felt like an outsider, like he was misunderstood because he had different ideas to others, but music gave him the escape he needed, somewhere he could be himself. Conceptually, he's heavily inspired by Victorian-era Gothic novels, including the supernatural horror fantasy works of Arthur Markin, the ghost stories of Algernon Blackwood, romantic fantasy and horror of Ernest Hoffman, and the mystery and macabre poetic creations of Edgar Allan Poe. Vocally, he's always admired the voices of Bon Scott of ACDC, Michael Kisk of Halloween, and Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden, as well as the vocals and stage presence of people like Paul Stanley of Kiss and Freddie Mercury of Queen. You can hear a lot of these inspirations in his vocal style and the songwriting across his career. More than anything though, he has always wanted to be able to explore the different concepts and styles that just feel right to him. Despite any external pressures or other people's expectations, he likes to avoid routine and repetition and any other things that he feels can be the death of creativity. Toby understands the value in not only sounding good, but of the performance aspects of a show. In Ed Guy, he has referred to himself as the lead vocalist, lead songwriter, and lead ego of the band. And he's referred to the need to go out on stage and come across like a cross between a giant mutant peacock and a silverback gorilla. I think he's a little bit too slight for the gorilla aspect, but he's certainly got the giant mutant peacock part down. To kick us off on a ripper of a soundtrack today, here's Black Knight off the album Freedom Rock by Heat featuring Tobias Summit. Okay, so back in 1992, 14-year-old students Tobias Summit, Jens Ludwig, Dominic Stork, and Dirk Sauer put together the band Ed Guy, named after their maths teacher. Not their actual name, it was more of an affectionate epithet, Ed Guy. 
Eggeye's music can vary depending on which album or which song you're listening to, but it spans everything from power metal to stuff with a more glam metal and hard rock feel. It's very tongue-in-cheek uh, and they really like to explore all sorts of things, so it's really fun. In the beginning, Tobias was the vocalist, played keyboard and also played bass. Bass was later taken on by Tobias Exel, and thankfully the lineup changes have been minimal for the band, with only Dominic leaving and being replaced by Felix Bonk on drums in 1998. Anyway, so when they started out, they released two demos, Evil Minded and Children of Steel, and they sent the tapes around to a number of record labels, but they all rejected it under the assumption that they wouldn't make it or they weren't ready. So they then went on to record their first album, Savage Poetry, which they self-released in 1995. They were signed by AFM Records shortly after this, who offered to re-release the album with a more widespread distribution, but the band rejected this in favour of recording their next album. In 1997, they released Kingdom of Madness before Dominic Stork left the band, with Frank Lindenthal filling in for the next album, Vainglory Opera, which was released in 1998. Vainglory Opera featured some guest appearances from Timo Tolki of Stradivarius and Hansi Kirsch of Blind Guardian, and it was the album in which Tobias was finally able to drop the bass and focus on vocals. 1999 saw the release of the album Theatre of Salvation, and was the year in which Toby conceived the idea for the Avantasia project. The Metal Opera. To help give Ed Guy a bit of a break while Toby started working on the opera, the band decided not to write anything new just yet, and instead they re-recorded their first album, Savage Poetry, for a 2000 release. From that re-recording, here's Ed Guy's Misguiding Your Life. Avantasia was named for the mythical and magical island of Arthurian legend, Avalon, and Fantasia referring to the musical ideas and exploration that would be a big part of the project. The purpose of the project was to create the metal opera, which was done in two parts and involved a number of really well-known artists. Toby was on lead vocals and keyboard, Henjo Richter of Gamma Ray was on guitars, Marcus Groskopf of Halloween on bass, and Alex Holsworth of Rhapsody on Fire was on drums. Tobias has said that he considers the metal opera his professional debut, as this was the first time he actually made any money from music. The plot of the opera has taken inspiration from the real-life witch trials in Toby's hometown of Fulda and Mainz in the 16th and 17th centuries. It includes characters like Pope Clement VII and Bishop Johann Adam von Bickett, both of who did exist within the Catholic Church at the time and were involved in the witch hunts. The story is very fantasy novel, Dungeons and Dragons campaign in an epic operatic power metal package. It follows the fictional story of Gabriel Lehmann, played by Toby, who's a novice of the Dominican order in the Abbey of Mainz. They're taking part in the witch hunt and Gabriel is all in. That is at least until his estranged sister Anna, played by Sharon Den Adel of Within Temptation, faces charges of sorcery. This helps him see the other side of the hunt, and he begins to change his views on the Order's actions and starts to snoop around. He sneaks into a library and reads a forbidden book, but he's caught and gets put in custody. While he's imprisoned, he meets a druid, Lugade Vandroy, played by Michael Kisk of Halloween. The druid tells him about a different dimension in which Avantasia sits, but that Avantasia is in danger and it needs help. So the druid offers to help find and free Gabriel's sister in exchange for his help in Avantasia, to which he agrees. 
So they make an escape from prison and they use a gateway to travel to the other dimension. The song Avantasia talks about the travel between the dimensions and Gabriel's arrival in the world of Avantasia. The druid tells him to use his mind, leave the flesh dimension behind. Gabriel is welcomed by an elf and a dwarf who tell him all about the war against the forces of evil and the Pope's plans to seal the connection between the two worlds, which would remove them from existence. Let's have a listen to this track, Avantasia. The group go on to steal the magical seal from the tower in an attempt to defeat the Pope's plans, taking the seal back to the Elven city. Part two of the metal opera continues the story showing that seven angels were released from the tower when that seal was removed. The angels cause havoc and destruction and the sentient tower pleads with Gabriel to return the seal. They come to an agreement that will re-imprison the angels and help save Avantasia. Gabriel then goes on a visit to the Tree of Knowledge in an attempt to find out more about the world and finds himself on another mission to release trapped human souls from a chalice in some catacombs. There's a beast that's protecting the chalice and it kills the dwarf in the process. And then we circle back to the druid, fulfilling his end of the original deal, saving Anna and reuniting her with her brother. The final track on the album is Into the Unknown, showing them moving into their future and whatever it may hold. Outside of those already mentioned, the project also featured David DeFeese of Virgin Steel, Andre Matos of Viper, Kai Hansen of Gamma Ray, Timo Tolki of Stradivarius, Bob Catley of Magnum, Oliver Hartman, and Rob Rock. The opera is incredible. Everything about it has been so well thought out and created with all the different musicians working so well together. Toby has said that although he always likes bringing in new people to work with, he bases this only on what he feels is right for the song and brings in people that mean something to him rather than it being a trophy collection of different artists. He truly admires the voices and artistry of those that join him and they're always there because conceptually they fit and they're meant to be part of that song. Toby was once asked in an interview what was the first album he ever bought. He said this was Kiss Dressed to Kill. He was shopping with his mum and the cover stood out because it had a combination of the guys wearing their suit and ties but the iconic Kiss makeup. Toby was nine at the time and he expected the music to be a little bit heavier so he said he was partially disappointed but he listened to it over and over and it became the start of his love affair with Kiss. So from that album, Dressed to Kill, here's Kiss with Rock and Roll All Night. Back when I was in grade five, the students were asked to perform at a thing called Puttin' on the Hits. We had to choreograph a performance and lip sync to a song. We performed it as part of a big show that, you know, everyone's parents would come along to. My older sister did hers, I think, the year or two beforehand, and she dressed up as schoolgirl Britney Spears and did Hit Me Baby one more time. It was fantastic. For mine, somehow I convinced a few of my schoolmates to join me as Kiss, and we performed rock and roll all night. We had our hair crimped and teased. We had the face paint on. I was, of course, the demon, Gene Simmons. And I wore one of my dad's Kiss shirts and his leather jacket that was way too big for me. Somehow our awkward little asses did win an award. It just happened to be the Parents' Choice Award because, you know, we won over the oldies with some Kiss. I'll post a photo up on Instagram and Facebook so you can all have a little bit of a, a peek and a laugh. My little nephew is a big Kiss fan. Uh, when they toured last year, our family all went together so that we could take him to see them. He was only three. Mm -hmm. 
And he'd not only watched but performed these shows himself in his lounge room so many times before we went to see them that he knew exactly what, what was going to happen and when. And you could see him waiting for key moments and looking forward to when they would play certain songs and do certain things. The way his eyes lit up when Gene went up on his raised platform and when Ace came across the crowd towards us was really, really cool. On this occasion, it was his turn to be the demon, so that was pretty cool, seeing him with his face paint done up. He's currently really into the offspring. And he's been out to see a kid's metal band, Bunny Racket, and he spreads the word to his kinder friends. They had a career day recently where he took his guitar in and he played along to some bunny racket and showed them all that he wanted to be a rock star. Give him a little bit longer and hopefully I can get him into some things like Dio and with their performance aspects, maybe some Ed Kai or Avantasia. Back to the topic of today's episode. In 2001, Ed Guy released the album Mandrake, releasing their first ever promo video for the song All The Clowns and leading them to their first headlining tour. After Mandrake, Ed Guy's contract with AFM Records expired and they signed instead with Nuclear Blast in late 2003. They released Hellfire Club in 2004 and then Rocket Ride in 2006. I had a really hard time picking which songs to put on today's episode and these two albums in particular gave me a lot of grief. Uh, there are so many good tracks. They're awesome. They sound fantastic. They are so funny. It's got a lot of that tongue-in-cheek aspect that I really love about Ed Guy. I feel a little bit blasphemous that I haven't included Laboratory Love Machine on today's episode, but you can go off and listen to that elsewhere. What we have today is Fucking With Fire. I just love that last line. Let me be your Titanic. Before you know what's going on, I'm going down. That is so damn good. 2007 saw the reforming or the continuation of Avantasia with their two-part release, Lost in Space which includes an awesome cover of ABBA's Lay All Your Love On Me, and it also features John Land of Masterplan. This led us into the Wicked Trilogy, a series of concept albums released from 2008 to 2010. These were The Scarecrow, The Wicked Symphony, and Angel of Babylon. The story is about a lonesome creature emotionally isolated from his environment and suffering from a distorted sensory perception, who later sets off on a journey for inner peace. These had Toby on vocals, bass and some keyboard, Sasha Paeth on guitars, Miro Rodenberg on keyboard and Eric Singer on drums. It featured a number of other artists including Roy Khan of Camelot, Amanda Somerville, Jean Land, Michael Kisk, Bob Catley, Tim Ripper Owens, Klaus Mean of the Scorpions and Alice Cooper. The release of The Scarecrow in 2008 kicked off a press rivalry between Toby and Arjun Lucasen of Aerion. They both happened to release a concept album that year, so there was a lot of discussion about which would be more successful. And though Toby's always wanted to have Bruce Dickinson join him for a track or two, and so far he's been unable to convince him, Bruce has previously performed with Aerion. In contrast, Arjun has always wanted to work with Alice Cooper and Toby had been able to get Alice involved in this album after Eric Singer helped get him on board. So in interviews, there were jokes about hating each other because they'd been able to get one another's favourite singers when they couldn't. There were reportedly some angry emails from Arjun to Toby, but I'm not sure if this is true. 
Arden and Toby took advantage of the press around this and they ended up doing their own EP project. Originally it was going to be titled Aerion vs Avantasia, but in the end they changed it to Elected. This included the two performing a cover of Alice Cooper's song Elected, with a little bit of twist in the lyrics to express their feud. The title track of Wicked Symphony has been described by Toby as a 10 minute vocal battle between John Land, Russell Allen and I, which is very true. <laughs> Um, I was only recently made aware of the Alan Land project with both John Land and Russell Allen. In particular, the album The Great Divide, and this is one I highly recommend for any power metal fans. It is so fucking good, and I am a little bit sad that I didn't know about it sooner. Definitely go and give that a listen. Right now, though, we're going to listen to a track from The Scarecrow, which does feature John Land, Devil in the Belfry. 2008 saw the release of Ed Guy's album Tinnitus Sanctus. I would normally say Tinnitus, but I feel like it fits better there as Tinnitus. Um, and then The Age of the Joker in 2011. In 2012, while headlining the Bang Your Head Festival, Ed Guy were on their fifth song when Toby slipped off the stage and into the photographer's pit, hitting the concrete ground. Like an absolute champ, despite having a broken nose, fractured ribs, and severe contusions on his hips and ribs, Toby jumped back up and he continued the show with Ed Guy playing for another hour before he was able to go off and be treated in hospital. Tobias issued a statement after the event thanking everyone for their kind wishes and assuring them that there were no unsafe conditions that caused the event. After that, they released Space Police, Defenders of the Crown, and a compilation album titled Monuments, before announcing in 2020 that they would be taking a bit of a hiatus while Toby was working on some more Avantasia stuff. I wanted to share one more Ed Guy song before we check out the last few Avantasia projects, so here is Dead or Rock. For Avantasia, The Mystery of Time was released in 2013, featuring the German Film Orchestra, who had also played on the Ed Guy album Hellfire Club. The story for this one is described as... Take the time to follow me into a small old English town during the Victorian era and join a young agnostic scientist by the name of Aaron Blackwell as he's forced to explore the coherencies of time, God and science. Torn between belief in his professional conviction, his spiritual intuition, love and a lodge of scientific occultists. This one has Russell Gilbrook of Uriah Heap on drums and features Joe Lynn Turner of Rainbow, Biff Bifford of Saxon, Ronnie Atkins of Pretty Maids, Eric Martin of Mr. Big, Michael Kisk and Bob Catley. Ghost Lights, released in 2016, continues and concludes this story where the protagonist continues his journey with a group of scientists who are trying to find a way to align everyone's personality. They want them to all understand one another and help make the world a better place. But he goes on to realise that this is just going to create power and control over people as well. As part of the promotion of the Ghost Lights album, the song Mystery of a Blood Red Rose was selected as one of 10 candidates for representing Germany in the Eurovision Song Contest. The song ended up between three finalists with 21.6% of the public vote, but it was defeated by the song Ghost by Jamie Lee Cruitz, who then went on to the main event instead. For Toby, Eurovision meant being able to play in front of an audience that doesn't necessarily know of them or even know that an act like theirs exists. So there was a lot of motivation to do so. However, and I would have to agree with him here, he does find it weird to be competitive in art because it's subjective and it all has its own beauties. 
The song in question was originally intended to include Meatloaf. Apparently his management had already started the process of approvals, but it was later declined for unknown reasons. It is a very Meatloaf song, and I can easily imagine where his voice would be present. Here is Mystery of a Blood Red Rose. Their next instalment was 2019's Moon Glow. This was the first album in which there was no deadline, which allowed Toby to have a bit more of a break and relax while writing. He commented that Moon Glow is the most adorned and detailed album that Avantasia have ever produced. It has Celtic and world music elements, big choirs, lots of atmosphere, and some great vocal performances. The story of this one follows a nocturnal creature, an outsider, that's been thrown into an environment and reality that it can't stand. It feels out of place in the shiny, bold, and beautiful world, so it seeks shelter in the darkness, in the moon glow, to hide itself from the world. The following song, Book of Shallows, features a number of wonderful artists, including Toby's longtime friend, Miland Petroza of Creator. Millie and Toby have known each other for over 20 years and have a lot of respect for one another, despite loving to poke fun at each other. Millie apparently always calls Toby that Dungeons and Dragons guy and laughs at his stage outfits, which he considers costumes. He says, ha, you look like a fucking magician. You're a wizard. Don't go on stage like that. People are going to point and laugh at you. Uh, All in good fun though, apparently. Seeing Creator a few times and hearing the way he talks with the crowd, I can picture the way he would say that as well. Toby's always wanted to do some music with Millet, but this was the first time that while writing, he's gone, there is a part here for him. This is where he fits. This is where I want it. He loves his vocals and he's always expressed that he appreciates that rather than trying to put on a different voice, Millet's sound is just raw and real. It's his voice. So let's have a listen to Book of Shallows. Most recently, Avantasia released A Paranormal Evening with the Moonflower Society in 2022. This features artists like Floor Jansen of Nightwish, Jeff Tate of Queensryche, and Ralph Sheepers of Primal Fear. A while ago, before I'd actually listened to this album, I had a random power metal playlist on shuffle while driving, and as I tend to do if I'm listening to mixes by other people, I'll try to guess or figure out what I'm listening to. Even if I don't know it, you know, maybe there's a sound of someone's voice or a style of music that'll help me figure it out. It varies in success, but I like to try. The song The Wicked Rule the Night came on, and it took me embarrassingly long to work out that it was Avantasia. This song is fucking awesome. I don't really know Primal Fear. I hadn't really listened to them before. I think I might have to now, to be honest. But it meant that I didn't recognize Ralph's voice. He comes in so hard and his voice sounds so good. Toby joins him not long after and it has that very distinct Avantasia sound, but it just didn't click right away what I was listening to. I think I was a little bit too distracted. Um, I think that Ralph's voice left me with a bit of a laney boner and my brain did not want to cooperate. So prepare yourself, brace yourself for the Wicked Rule the Night. I don't think there was a better way we could have finished off the podcast today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to and share the podcast. Follow me on social media and feel free to reach out through email at sinandsteel at outlook.com. Make sure you check out my link tree to access playlists, including ones that have all the songs from the episodes. Check out the Sin and Steel Redbubble store for merchandise featuring artwork by yours truly. And 
have a look at some of my recommended creators. This has been episode six of Sin and Steel with Avantasia, Edguy, and Tobias Samet. I'm your host, Sarah Tonin, and sinners, until next time, stay metal. Stay metal.